Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Let me pray just before I get started. Hey, Lord, we just pray that you would speak to us this morning and that you would confirm your word, that you would do whatever you want to do, that you would have your way in us this morning. And so we give you access to our minds and our hearts and we ask that you would have your way. And Lord, that you would do great things in us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk this morning on something uh, which is an, it's an interesting topic. And if we went around the room and did a survey on uh, your definition of anointing, we'd probably come up with a whole lot of different things, or different, different ideas, different definitions. And so I want to talk today on what is the anointing? Uh, ask yourself that question. What is the anointing? Um, and I've read books on anointing, one by Benny Hinn called The Anointing, one by R.T. Kendall called The Anointing, and I'm sure there's others that I haven't read yet called The Anointing or similar, and everyone has a little bit of a different take on what The Anointing is. I don't know if you've seen those, um, those YouTube clips of Benny Hinn and they've put in Star Wars zapping people, and no, obviously you haven't, but anyway, uh, please watch it because it is good fun, uh, and anyway, for those of you who have watched it, it's hilarious, but... Um, anyway, get back on track. What is the anointing? Uh, R.T. Kendall says this, simply, it is what comes easy to you. I like this definition because sometimes when we talk about things like the anointing, we can get so hyper-spiritual that we think it's only for a select few people, maybe people who get on a pulpit and walk around and can pray for people and people fall down or something like this. And we have this image of the anointing of some isolated mystical force or mystical thing that is hard to attain. But the definition of what comes easy to you is really reinforced, actually, I believe, by what Scripture teaches us about the anointing. Because when Scripture refers to the anointing, it's not so much a person ministering, a person doing great signs and wonders. The anointing, or actually the, the word to uh, anoint, really means to rub in. Or smear, it's like when oil is rubbed into something to soften it or when it's rubbed in. I mean, many years ago, you used to have to oil a cricket bat. My first cricket bat I ever got, I had to oil it. Anyone else have to do that? Only old people remember that. <laughs> you don't have to do that with a modern cricket bat. You had to rub oil into it to soften the wood a little bit so that when you hit the ball, it's got a little bit of give in it. And, and this is the term anointing, to rub in. And the truth is, everyone who has received Jesus Christ has a little bit of Jesus rubbed into them. And so we are anointed. He was and is the anointed one. And we are little nano anointed ones by him. We're anointed by him. And so we then 
realize that we're co-heirs with Christ, but it's not in and of ourselves. It's because of him. And so really anything good that happens in me, I know it's him. And his anointing is like his fingerprint pressed in on us through our personality. And because he does use our personality, he uses our different character traits. That's why he made us all different. He loves us the way we are. He loves some quirky humor and other people's, you know, introvertedness and extrovertedness and differences of opinion. He loves all of that because he put it in us. And so he must love us if he likes our different flavors because he made us so different. But then his fingerprint is stamped on us and that's his anointing on us. And then when that presses into us or rubs in on us like oil, then we get to smell like him a little bit. His fragrance comes through our personality. That's the anointing. And so you will even see people who um, you would never say are anointed as in ministers of the gospel, anointed doing signs and wonders. But boy, they're anointed people. They're influencers. They, they have a flair. They, uh, they have a favor on their life in a certain area. And I believe this is the anointing. So I want to just explore a few uh, traits, if you like, of the anointing, starting in gifting. I believe if you find your gifting, you find joy. A lot of us, we, we struggle to find out what do I really like in life. It's a funny thing. It's so simple, but it's actually hard to find. What do I like doing? What, do I, what am I really like deep down? I believe when we find our gifting, and that is what others would say we're good at, not just what we say we're good at, because we might say we're good at all sorts of things. But if you take the opinion of people who love you and say, well, what would you say I'm good at? Then you're going to quickly realize that you're anointed in that area. Sam, our barber up the back there, he's an anointed barber. And... <laughs> Hey, Sam, when you go to Sam, the place is packed because he has an anointing with people. He loves people. And that's what comes naturally. He's not necessarily laying hands. Well, he is actually laying hands on people. He's snipping away for hours and hours and hours. But while he's doing that, he's talking. He's anointing people. He's anointing people with the peace of Jesus that he's been anointing. He's rubbing on them. And so keep going, Sam. <laughs> If you're apprentice barber, he needs an apprentice barber right now, by the way. Anyway, anointing, it's sometimes something that we make so intergalactically super spiritual that we miss it. We miss it. The anointing is right in front of us. It's right in front of us. If we're rubbed with Jesus' oil, then we are rubbed with his anointing. And, and don't get too confused and don't get down if you don't feel like you're an anointed person. You know, you've got to watch that Benny Hinn clip afterwards. Please go and watch it because you'll know what I'm talking about. But it's like the hyper spiritual side of what we do sometimes in charismania. And so when we realize it's not about all that stuff, it's about what comes easy to us, what flows naturally. See, the, the spirit bubbles up naturally, spontaneously, doesn't he? And he, he flows out of us, out of our inner being, not out of all our works and our hard effort. And when we have to work too hard, we will get out of our anointing. 
If we have to really make it happen with so much effort, forget it. It's not the anointing. If it flows easy and it's actually part of our character, part of our nature, then you're probably getting close to the anointing. Gifting. Find your gifting. Find joy. Psalm 45, 7 says this. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows. We need the oil of joy in this day and age, don't we? I, um, I admire people who carry joy all the time. And, uh, you know, I know they've got stuff going on, but somehow they still carry joy. And you think, well, you've got as many problems as I have. How come you choose joy all the time? And it's, it's a good anointing to have. I pray for more of that anointing. I call it the, the tractor anointing. It's, it's that, the happy place, you know. And everyone's got a, a happy place. Everyone's got a tractor place that you escape to where you go just to get rid of all the craziness and find your joy. I encourage you, get there where, whenever you can and wherever you can because a happy you is a good you. A happy you is an anointed you because when we're covered in that oil of joy, we're generally flowing in our anointing. But when we're frustrated and we're fixated and we're trying to work everything out in our own strength, we quickly fall into idolatry or humanism where we become God and we replace God with our own self, our own cleverness, our own being able to you know, work everything out. And this is actually coming against the ways of anointing. But when we actually say, okay, I can't work this thing out. Jesus, I need you. I need your anointing. I need your voice. Rub me with some more of that oil. Give me some of that oil of joy. And we find our gifting and we find our strength. Oftentimes, I believe the anointing is for the micro things more than the macro things. Because we need the anointing to make everyday decisions, don't we? It's, it's not just to, to, to make something happen almost like magic. It's actually so that we get into his presence, so that we get face to face with the one who rubbed us with the oil in the first place. And then we draw closer to him. And we say, what are we going to do in this situation? What are we going to do in this situation that's that I'm not clever enough to work out, then the anointing will show us because the anointing comes from the anointed one. It always leads to Jesus. It doesn't get us fame. It doesn't get us glory. It leads us to him. And so, so much, even in charismatic church, when we talk about the anointing, we think of a man in a nice suit with a shiny watch and socks off and, you know, looking good. And, we, and we, we think of this persona who can walk around a building and, and perhaps touch people and people fall down. No, this is not the anointing. That is a gift of the Spirit. It's, it's, it's almost completely separate to the anointing. The anointing, if we're rubbed with oil, and the Bible talks about oil running down, and you see an Old Testament uh, picture of anointing is oil being poured over someone to be anointed as a priest. And so the oil is covering them completely, bathing them in oil. I don't know if you've ever had oil on you, but even if you go in water, you can't get it off. You've still got it on you. Um, we, we have a lot of uh, detox baths. So we put a lot of salt in a bath, a boiling hot bath, and then we put a whole lot of lavender oil in there. And our bathroom smells like lavender 24-7, and then we smell like lavender. It's a good smell. But it gets on you. When you are anointed with oil, it gets on you. It gets in you. 
And if you talk to anyone who loves essential oils, they'll tell you it gets absorbed into your skin very, very quickly. Within like 30 seconds, the oil on your skin gets absorbed in. And, and so it can be a really good thing or a bad thing. Uh, but it's really good if it's good oil. And if we're anointed with Jesus, it'll get in our pores. It'll get into our skin. And it changes who we are. It makes things easy. Oil, when rubbed on leather, makes it supple. It makes it pliable so we can do something with it. Just like the cricket bat or in other situ applications, we can see the oil is used to soften things. His oil will soften things. It will soften our hearts. It will soften hard situations. When we are facing struggles and trials, the anointing will soften the way. It will soften the way. Worship does that. I don't know about you, but sometimes when we come to worship it, we just sort of get in that zone of worship. And then when we begin worshiping, the, the oil begins to soften us. The oil, is that only me that that happens to? Or does it happen to anyone? Roger, thank you. Awesome. Karen, yes. They're the people I've already talked to prior to the service and <laughs> asked to cheer me on as we go. Worship will soften us. It'll soften our spirit. And then it makes it easier for him to do stuff in us. Because if we've got a hardness, a crustiness, you know, Holy Spirit, uh, it's been said many times, he's like a dove. He's not a pigeon he's, he, that is just en masse, pooing everywhere, going wherever they like. He is a dove. And doves are very flighty. They're very, very flighty. But they're very similar. They're very similar to pigeons. They're in the same family, but, but you don't see them very often. They're very flighty. That's what Holy Spirit's like because he wants a place that's soft. He wants a place that's subtle, supple, so that he can actually work on us and so that he can speak to us. And so as Leif Hetland says, we don't want pigeon religion. Pigeon religion is very different than the dove because the dove... The dove wants to come to a place where he's welcomed, wants to come to a place where he can speak and whisper and we will hear him. But as we've known in this building for a couple of generations now, pigeons en masse, en masse, normally in this corner of the building right here, we've had about 50 of them and uh, I won't explain everything that we've had cleaned out of this building, but many of you have been assistants in that process over the years. Pigeons are very different. We don't want pigeon religion. We want the dove. But we need to let his oil flow. Sometimes we need to humble ourselves. Sometimes we need to lay down and say, Lord, what do you want in this situation? So that he can actually speak to us. And then the anointing flows. Because it's not in our strength. It's then in his voice. The Spirit's presence this is often one of those things that the anointing is marked with and when we find his presence we find him 1 John chapter 2 verse 27 says as for you the anointing which you receive from him abides in you and you have no need for anyone to teach you but as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie and just as it is taught you you abide in him now this passage isn't preached on very much you probably if you read it again you'll realize why because it's saying there and you've got to really confirm this and I've grown up knowing this you never pull one passage like this out and say I don't need anyone to teach me anymore 
that, that's a dangerous thing to do. You then confirm it with Scripture. Scripture gets reinforced and confirmed with Scripture. And so when we look at this in context, we can actually see what he's saying is that the anointing, which is the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, will teach you all things. The truth is we need community. We need teaching. We need the Word of God. We need all of these things to help us stay on the straight and narrow. But ultimately, nothing supersedes the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Nothing supersedes the teaching and the anointing guiding of the Spirit of God. And that's His anointing. Now, I've found that, and he's talking to mature believers here, I've found that when we look at areas like this, we have to get in a really mature place to truly listen to the anointing of the Spirit. I find myself having to get rid of all my own thinking, rid of my own thoughts, and let his kingdom thoughts come so that I can be led by the anointing. If I just go off my own decisions and my own thoughts, well, I'm destined to fail. And so it's, it's to a mature person, he's saying here, the Holy Spirit, the anointing will teach you. And if, but we have to listen really carefully. We have to be in his presence. We have to be in his word, not just go on our feelings and our thoughts and on some radical thought, but actually be in the place of the anointing where his oil is rubbing on us. Back to the cricket bat analogy, I remember getting that first cricket bat and oiling it and being annoyed because I just wanted to go out and use it. But it actually took quite a lot of time to get the oil to seep into that timber. And this is what it's like. It needs time. The Holy Spirit needs your time. He needs your heart. He needs to be able to rub that oil into your heart, into your mind, into your being, into my very nature. And this takes time. So we need to give him that time. Give him that place to to rub his anointing because he will make things easy that you are struggling with right now. There are situations that you and I will try and beat down the door that he's just waiting to open. If we will only make the place for him, if we will only say, all right, I give up. I give up. Holy Spirit, come and make the way. Rub your anointing oil. Tip it all over me. I just want the whole lot because I'm sick of these doors always closed. I'm sick of this situation. So come and make your way with your anointing. And he will do it. He will do it. The Bible says in Luke 11, if you will ask him, he will give it to you. Because he's not a bad heavenly father. He's a good heavenly father. And he loves you. And he's looking out for you. And he wants to promote you and bless you and use you for great and wondrous things. Maybe it's a yielding. Maybe it's a softening. And letting that oil flow so that we can get into his presence. One of the other things that I have recognized about anointing. What is the anointing? is really simply a grace. If you were to say someone is anointed in that area, normally you're saying they have a favour or they have a grace in that particular thing. And if it is true that it is what comes easy for you, then we can actually operate easily by the Spirit of God in an area or a field of expertise with an anointing. I actually believe, funnily enough, there are people anointed of God who don't yet know Jesus. Sometimes, maybe when you watch, I don't know, the, the Christmas carols singing, you'll hear someone sing who may, hasn't, doesn't profess knowing Jesus at all, but they'll sing and you'll go, wow, that was so anointed. 
It's because there's a little bit of oil that spills over in the world onto people who don't yet know Jesus. But somehow they've got a little bit of his anointing spilled over onto them. And who knows what they're drawn into? Who knows in the depth of their heart whether they do know Christ? Or who knows whether they're entering that phase? But his gifting is given freely to human beings. It's those of us who tap into that and recognize that and say, wow, I've got a grace gift from God in this area. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to foster that. I'm going to grow that in me. They're the ones who tend to mature in the anointing that they're given. And so this is something that we want to do. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. Every single believer has an anointing from the Anointed One. You are anointed. If you know Jesus here today, you are anointed in a certain area. Maybe you haven't discovered that area yet, or maybe you've had frustrations at the point of what you would have called your anointing. Let me tell you, that probably proves you're anointed in that area. Because the enemy loves to oppose anointed ones. Because we look a little bit like Jesus and he hates Jesus. And so if you have an area of your life that flows easily, uh, but that you've found opposition in, go back and have another look at that area of your life. Don't give up if you feel like you have an anointing in an area, but go back to it. Maybe it needs some adjustment. Maybe you got it wrong. Sometimes we get it wrong because we jump out in the flesh. We jump out in the flesh because we know we're anointed in an area. We jump out and we get it wrong. And we kind of abort the process. Let the process flow through you. Let the process flow through you. And often in community, we, we find this. And that's why some people just jump from community because it's easy to just do it myself. And this is called independence. And this is not healthy for believers. We are interdependent. As crazy as we are and as weird and wonderful as we are, we actually need each other. And it's, it's a gift from God because we are the body of Christ, not me. We are the body of Christ. And we're all so different. And that's why we, we stuff it up sometimes. I stuff it up sometimes. But this is called the body of Christ. And so he wants to raise us up as anointed ones, worshipping the ultimate anointed one. And so when we run in our anointing, the world gets to see little anointed ones. The world gets to see what God looks like through humans. And we always give glory to him, not to humans. But he actually has called you to be anointed. He's called you to be gifted. He's called you to be talented. He's called you to great and wondrous things. And maybe for some of you, you've doubted what it looks like. I want to encourage you today. 1 John 2.20 But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an anointing from the Holy One. It's from Him. It's not of yourself. It's not manufactured. If you have to manufacture something too hard, it's probably you. But if it flows freely like a, a river, uh, like water, it's flowing through you. Maybe you've faced opposition in that area over your life. That's okay. Water always finds a way around. It's annoying, isn't it? Ever try to dam up water and it keeps going? It just keeps finding a way. This is what the Spirit is like. And you may have suffered disappointment throughout your life. You may have suffered rejection. You may have suffered things that have set you back from your anointing. I want to encourage you. God has called you to be anointed. 
He's called you to be strong and mighty and powerful and influential. And when you get around healthy people, they will help you. Again, it's not about jumping out and saying it's too hard because I feel I'm anointed in this area. If you do that and no one else recognises it, and even in the structure of community, then be careful. Many people go astray by doing that. But when we stay healthy in community and we rub shoulders with one another and we, we, we get through stuff, then we actually see healthy leadership rises up. It's funny, as weird and wonderful as political parties are, it's, it's funny who rises to the top. I remember when um, uh, you know, Malcolm Turnbull was sort of facing some challenges and, I remember, and, and, and Scott Morrison was so good at just supporting him as a sort of a 2IC and I remember thinking, wow, you know, like, uh, I mean, I didn't really know much about Scott Morrison and then all of a sudden he appears and there, there he's our Prime Minister. It's like no one would have picked that. You never know when God is going to thrust you into the limelight of your anointing. So be ready. Be prepared because God is preparing in you and me someone who he wants to release, someone who he wants to give more favour to. And being anointed looks like having a grace and a favour. I remember at times in business, I've said this to Karen over the years, I've said, I feel like I was far more anointed in business than in ministry. I'm just being honest with you. Because sometimes the favor that I had in business, when I would be at uh, major meetings with, you know, companies like BHP, uh, you know, Melbourne Water, these absolutely mammoth companies, I'd be in a boardroom with them, spewing out how amazing our fiberglass pipe is compared to steel pipe and just w winning them over. And I'd walk out knowing I'm going to get a $25 million order after that. It, it's, a, it's a phenomenal thing. And I remember sometimes flying home going, wow, that must be God. That must be God. That's the anointing. And some of you are called to have incredible influence in your realm, be it business, be it education, be it study, be it family, whatever your arena is, ask the Lord for greater anointing, greater favour, because He wants to give it to you. I believe He wants to anoint us so much more than we're willing to ask. And sometimes it's a bit scary. It's a bit scary because we think, wow, if He really does anoint me, then I'm going to have to do it. So be ready if you ask for it. He might make you step out and actually do it. And it's one of those things that it's, it's like, oh, okay, the rubber hits the road. You know, anointing sounds good until he actually asks me, now go and do it. It's a challenging place, isn't it? God has anointed you to preach good news to the poor and to do incredible things in whatever area. This is my version, MLV. But he's anointed you. If you know Jesus, he has rubbed his oil in you. And you know what? You can't get it out. It's like a good wine barrel. Our wine barrels still smell like wine. It's in there. It's in you. His anointing is in you. So don't run from it any longer. Don't hide from it any longer. It means maybe exploring and asking some questions. But yield to his anointing. Because when we yield to his anointing, we're yielding to him. And we're saying, Jesus, have your way in my life. It's no longer I that is going to strive and do this. It's actually your anointing, your oil in me that will accomplish this. 
Some of the most anointed people on the planet we've never heard of. They're doing day-to-day things. They're probably mums raising 10 kids. How many do the Duffs have? 11 kids or something like that? It's crazy. I mean, how many kids can you possibly have? But people that we've never heard of. People that we've never heard of, but they're following after the anointing. They're following after the anointed one. So the ultimate anointing is Jesus Christ himself, rubbed all over us, rubbed into us. And he will make study easier. He will make career easier. He will make relationships easier. He will make challenges easier. But sometimes we have to yield and let him rub the oil in. When it's getting tough and crusty, stop. Stop what you're doing. Let him rub the oil in and, and do whatever you need to do to get that oil on you because it smells good. It looks good. I was, I was admiring Grace this morning. Grace, you have an anointing of joy. I mean, you just look like joy. But I want to encourage you. You have an anointing of joy and, and it's a gift from God. So keep using it because we all need it. Well, I do anyway. Everyone else is joyful. But it's a gift, isn't it? It's something that flows easily. And it looks like the fruits of the Spirit. It looks like the fruits of the Spirit. So if we're looking for the fruit, which the Bible says judge them by their fruit, then we need to be able to see this stuff. And so I want to encourage us. I want to ask the worship team to come up and let's stand this morning. Yeah, just awesome. Thank you, guys. Let's lift our hands and close our eyes and let's just pray. You might want to just lay some stuff down this morning. You might want to just let him rub some oil on you. And uh, again, the anointing can be as normal and natural as whatever. Or it can be hugely supernatural. He operates in both ways. He speaks to us very naturally and normally sometimes, doesn't he? Just whispers little things. That's his anointing. I believe he wants to speak to some of us even today about our lives, about our posture, about where we are, who we are, what we're doing. That's his anointing. He just wants to speak. That's his anointing. And he'll just speak to us about certain things. He'll bring, he'll bring direction. He'll bring adjustments. He'll bring encouragement. That's the anointing. He'll speak to us about the little things as much as he will about the big things. And so let's lift our hands today and just... Ask him to speak and move on our hearts today. Lord, we thank you that you want to use us. We thank you that you have anointed us. We thank you that you are above every other thing on this earth. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you will come and rub a little bit of Jesus on us today. His anointing, his voice And that even this week, we will notice a difference. We will notice things changing because doors will open when we let you open them. Lord, we ask that your anointing will lead us and guide us and speak to us. Holy Spirit, I pray for an incredible increase in your anointing. Your anointing to do great spiritual things and great natural things. So we say, come, Holy Spirit. We say, come, Holy Spirit, even right now, that you would move in this place. If you're hungry for that, just ask him for more of his presence, more of his presence, more of his presence. Holy Spirit, 